Hi, everyone. Really excited to have you here on the Next Now podcast. For this episode, I am super stoked to have Liam Martin, who's the co-founder of Time Doctor. Uh, it's the leading time tracking tool for remote teams and running remote, the largest conference on building and scaling remote teams. He's been working remotely for almost 20 years and just finished up writing up a book on how pre-pandemic remote pioneers built their remote first businesses and how you can learn their secrets. So I'm really thrilled to have you here with me, Liam, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about remote work and the future of work. So why don't we just start with the, the first question, which is to tell us a little bit more about yourself beyond that that introduction, where I stumbled a little bit, but we're going to go with it anyway. And, and then also just sort of give your philosophy on the future of work, given that remote has been your wheelhouse for a while now. Sure. Well, I know that it's been yours as well, working in the industry for a couple decades. And the amount of changes that's happened in the last two years have been more than the last 17 years combined, which is incredibly exciting. And inside of that, one of the things that I really started to recognize was, and I refer to these people lovingly as pandemic panickers, all these people that were transitioning their companies from on-premise, in-office environments to remote-first organizations, one of the big things that I recognized is they didn't really know how to actually manage remote workers. So they really focused on just recreating the office remotely. And what I've discovered in my last 20 years of working remotely and also interacting with all of the top remote-first influencers and founders of multi-billion dollar companies is that there's actually a different methodology towards managing remote workers, what I'm actually referring to as the asynchronous management philosophy. And that's specifically what we address in the book and also the conference as well. Excellent. So, you know, it's fascinating what you say. I agree with you that a lot of leaders have tried to overlay what worked in a pre-remote reality into a remote reality, and it's not working. There's different strategies. There's different tools. There's different leveraging of technology. There's different mindsets that workers need to have and leaders specifically. Um, In our research, we found that many leaders are challenged with worker productivity and engagement. In your opinion, you know, obviously with Time Doctor, it's a solution, but I'd like to hear more about how technology is helping with productivity and specifically engagement in a remote working reality. So I think one of the biggest things that we have to take into consideration is it's not actually about the tools that you employ. It's about the philosophy first Uh and then implementing the tools. So as an example, everyone is now got this Zoom fatigue, right? You're spending eight to nine hours in a Zoom call every single day. And it would be really interesting for probably a lot of your listeners that haven't really interacted with a lot of these remote pioneers before to discover that they actually spend a very small amount of their time interacting with their team members synchronously. So as an example, for me, I spent about three hours per week, per week, interacting with my team members on a Zoom call. And sometimes it's actually even less than that. This enables them to actually achieve what my friend Cal Newport refers to as deep work, the ability to be able to get something done and have everything at your disposal in order to actually achieve that particular task, which usually moves the business forward. All of these small distractions that people are now employing that you would have otherwise had inside of an office environment are actually incredibly disruptive towards people's focus and productivity. And if you actually just fix that, you'd see a much bigger increase than all of the tools that I could possibly suggest to you with regards to increasing someone's individual productivity. Mm. 
Well, that's interesting because I love how you said, you know, rather than talk about the tools, let's talk about the philosophy. At Next Mapping, we're all about it's a people first future. And so the technology is only as good as the mindsets, the mentalities, the skills, the um, philosophy of what work is, how we need to work. In fact, uh, I was at an event a couple of weeks ago where the one of the biggest questions was, Cheryl, what can you tell us about how you can have a better culture in hybrid? And my answer was, it's not culture. If you're, if you're really asking me, how do you get culture? to be the way it was pre-pandemic when everybody was in the office, then you're equating culture within office. Culture is actually the the, the consequence of individual people deciding how they're going to show up. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I have a philosophy, which is get rid of all culture at gunpoint, right? Ah, interesting. This this 5 p.m. on a Friday, we're all going to get onto a Zoom call and we're going to play Cards Against Humanity, not the fun one, the PG rated one, the one mm-hmm. that's HR approved. And mm-hmm. we're all going to get out our beers that have been shipped to us um, through the company. And we're going to, you know, share what happened throughout our week. That's not really culture. Culture is actually something that you set up and happens organically. So yes. as an example, we have Oculus headsets, uh, virtual reality headsets. We mm-hmm. bought this for a big part of our company. And what we did is we said, hey, if you guys want to actually play um, these games in the metaverse, go ahead and do it. We're going to buy these headsets for you. And we're just going to basically see what happens. So what we're measuring is actually the dividend from that investment, meaning how much time are people actually playing with other team members in when they're basically not supposed to be at work in their off time? That's what we're actually trying to recreate is those meetings that happen outside of the office is really where that cultural conversation starts to occur and simply just recreating other spaces for that to occur inside of a remote first organization is what actually the vast majority of on-premise and hybrid companies need to recognize. It's not about actually going into the office. It's actually about creating cultural environments that are in the remote realm. Yeah. And we agree with that completely. So basically, you know, um, somebody who's really attached to in office, a traditional leader might say, well, what's missing from being primarily in office are those water cooler chats. And what I'm hearing you say, and I agree with this and our research corroborates this, is that you create those other water cooler moments throughout interactions and it's a variety of interactions. So I love what you're saying. I know you've heard of the great resignation. I'm sure you have an opinion on it, uh, especially since the beginning of the pandemic. What do you think needs to change for workers to stay more engaged in, you know, uh, in-office hybrid remote worker reality? And I mean, I'm talking philosophically, but also socially. What do you think needs to change? And and is there, in my opinion, I don't think there's a problem with the great resignation. I think it's actually a great re-evaluation, which means there's more power in the worker's hands. What do you think about the subject? Yeah. I think there's some bigger uh, machines at play from a socioeconomic perspective that are also working into the great resignation. More people quit their jobs in July than in the history of the United States, mm-hmm. uh, which is a pretty scary statistic mm-hmm. to be able to take a look at. Mm-hmm. But it's coming from a downward and a, a top-down and bottom-up approach. So basically, you have your 55 to 65-year-old demographic that are saying, I already actually had a taste of working remotely. I'm not really interested in going back to the office. I'm going to take an early retirement. Those people are currently leaving. And then you have the bottom-up approach of people that are saying, I recognize that remote is the only way that I want to be able to operate as a worker. And if someone is forcing me back to the office, I'm not really interested in going. This is creating an interesting phenomenon, which is for everyone that is 
basically leaving the workforce, <clears throat> or sorry, for everyone that's entering the workforce, two people are leaving. Uh, and that that trend is not going to change, actually. Mm-hmm. We're going mm-hmm. to actually go to an environment in which talent is not necessarily going to just be down the street from you. It's actually going to be all over planet Earth. And people are going to have to change their hiring philosophy to be able to say, well, I'm not just going to hire someone in Toronto, as an example. I'm going to hire someone on in planet Earth and really focus on that particular talent. So inside of that, to me, in terms of saying, staying engaged, it's really going to the employee and saying to themselves, well, how do you actually want to be able to operate inside of this organization? Do you mm-hmm. want to interact with us? At what rate do you want to interact with us? And again, stay away from that culture at gunpoint, focus on actually talking to your people and saying, what would create the most optimal environment for you to be able to work in? How can we optimize that for you? And instead of actually giving everyone like a one size fits all solution, which honestly is probably, it did kind of work in the office, not really well, to be completely honest with you, but it did work to a degree, but now you can actually optimize it because you don't actually have to have this office anymore. You can do it on a piecemeal basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to your comment about, you know, there's, there's, there's this uh, 55 to 65 year retiring actually, and a lot of our research, cause we've, we've done a lot of research on demographics. I've written books on it, you know, the generations now there's generation COVID anybody under the age of 20 and the impact of, of their mindset on the future of work. Uh, but really what we're seeing is, is the great resignation is actually a social response to reevaluation, asking themselves existential questions. And depending mm-hmm. on the demographic, the answers are different. So when you say a lot of 55 to 65, are retiring, they're actually refiring. And what that means is they've still got a lot of bandwidth for contributing and giving back, but they're retiring from a strict standard way of working and now looking and reevaluating and saying, what are my gifts? What's the purpose? How much money is enough money? How much work is enough work? So that sure. that global existential questioning in our, in our, my opinion, and also in our research is what's led to this. And to your point, it's not going away. So, so a lot of leaders want to say, well, shouldn't they be lucky that they have a job? Well, that would be what you're, to your point, you know, leading by gun gunpoint where it's like you should be happy to have a job and you got to do it the way we're we're telling you to do it versus the workers are going I actually have more power now I can decide where I work when I work how I work who I choose to work for and so helping leaders mm-hmm. recognize that mindset shift um, is causing a lot in our work, and we work a lot with leaders and businesses around these issues around business and, and engagement and and uh, leadership skills to, to lead this new future in, a, in an innovative way. Their biggest challenge is reacting to the human reality of these this massive thought shift that's happening globally. Yeah. So I think one of the other variables that we have to take into consideration, which not many people have taken into consideration up until right now, is mm-hmm. I think that the great resignation will turn into the great migration. And it's already actually happening mm-hmm. right now. So yes. COVID, there were 5 million digital nomads. There are currently 50 million digital mm-hmm. nomads. Digital nomads are people that work from their computer and travel. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing a massive demographic in the research that we've seen of those 55 to 65-year-olds that are kind of doing retirement light, where they're saying, I'm going to move to Costa Rica, but I'm still yeah. going to do some consulting e- exactly. um, five hours yeah. a week. And so those location independent individuals that are highly skilled, that are actually very, um, their skill set is needed inside of the workforce, but maybe not full time are going to completely change the way that work is seen. And a lot of people are going to have to adapt to that new reality, which is, 
hey, you know what? I might actually have a team of consultant and contractors all over the world that are working for me in a small context. And that's totally fine. Yeah. And and you're absolutely right. And the skills required, this is what we're seeing. The skills required to navigate that is really challenging right now for a lot of leaders because one is structured and, and knowable and there's control. And where we are now is ambiguity, nuance. It requires multiple perspectives. So I love what you're saying because it corroborates everything that, that we've been, you know, researching and studying and also validating. So another question, as more companies innovate their technology uh, solutions, what do you think is the biggest hindrance to organizations being able to lead hybrid workplaces successfully now and in the future? Like what's the biggest hindrance that's causing any sort of, you know, challenge with organizations right now in regards to uh, what's going on? And what are the tech solutions in your opinion? Yeah. Sure. So I think the biggest one is Again, recognizing that you're managing a different type of organization. You're not managing an on-premise organization. You have to actually get good at remote management, which uh-huh. is fundamentally asynchronous management. Uh-huh. Um, this is undeniable that the vast majority of remote pioneers that we've encountered, and they're all incredibly successful people. We have people that have, you know, IPO'd at 150 billion dollar uh, valuations, and they're all coming at it from an asynchronous management mm-hmm. philosophy. So that's a big factor that you have to take into consideration. And this also not only applies to remote organizations, but it also applies to hybrid organizations even more because mm-hmm. one of the big things that I see coming down the pipe is what my friend Joel Gascoigne coined mm-hmm. at the very first running remote, which is distance bias, mm-hmm. uh, which is yes. the ability Agreed. for individuals and managers and founders to be able to be um, basically biased towards people that are simply close to them. So if we sat down in a meeting and it was me, you and Mark and Suzanne, and I was actually sitting in a physical meeting with the three of them and you were virtual, we would complete that particular meeting, maybe with the plan of doing, you know, plan one, but then Mark and Suzanne would say, Hey, you know what? Cheryl really doesn't know what she's talking about. We actually should go with the other plan. And then the next morning you would wake up and you would realize, wow, I thought we were doing plan A and now we're doing plan B. What the heck is going on? That's distance bias, which is the lack of documentation of all communication that happens inside of an organization and the ability for any team member to be able to get access to that information. That's a huge hindrance towards the operation Mm -hmm. of the business. And it actually in general, makes your organization move a lot faster when you have that documentation. Not having it, having these kind of like undocumented secret conversations yeah. is really detrimental towards basically the proliferation of your organization. Yeah, I agree with you completely. In, in my new book, Super Crucial Human, I talk about conscious communication and distance bias as part of that, is that you create these silos without documentation of what's happening. So that kind of leads us into my final question with you. Tell us more about Time Doctor Solutions and also your conference, Remotely Working, for the benefit of our listeners. And then how can they find out more about both those things? Yeah, so Time Doctor, just go to timedoctor.com. Um, it's time tracking solution specifically for remote workers. We've been in operation for 11 years and we're a leader in the space. Running Remote, which is the conference that we run, which is uh, actually happening May 17th and 18th in Montreal, Canada, is another one that if you're really interested in basically understanding how to go to 
an organization, how to go from an organization that's maybe not really understanding remote, or maybe you've tried it a little bit and you're not really recognizing how to get there. This is definitely the conference for you. If you're a remote first company and you're looking to scale, it's definitely the conference uh, for you. And then also too, the book, which is actually holding the same name as the conference is going to yeah. be coming out in August. And uh, I'm very excited about that. As I think I told you before we jumped on, I'm never writing another one ever again. So <laughs> this is the only one that you should buy. Uh, it's this one. This one is the one that you should buy because I'm not writing another one. Yeah, there you go. So your book and my book together. How's that? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, you can yeah, get a two for one. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, no, I think that um, what you're doing, I mean, you, you've been a leader in this industry before, you know, and then the pandemic happened and everything got fast forwarded and there you were, you know, with all the solutions and the things that you've been doing. So really honored to have you on our podcast next now and looking forward to the book and looking forward to hearing more about the conference and potentially attending in the future. So uh, for everyone listening, I hope you've gotten some insights. Uh, check out timedoctor.com and also the conference that was mentioned and We'll see you again on the next episode. Take care. Thanks so much, Liam.